0: Hello and welcome. I'm Uri, and you're listening to Talking Tachlis, the podcast where we talk about Jewish life and life in general. So as I think I've probably mentioned on the podcast, I went to YU, Yeshiva University, for undergrad, and I think a lot of our listeners did as well. And so I'm very excited for today's guest. It's former president of YU, Richard Joel. I had a great conversation with him. I tried to ask him a couple of tough questions But overall, I found it very interesting. I consider President Joel to be a mentor of mine, somebody that I look up to. So without further ado, here is my interview with Richard Joel. Dr. Richard M. Joel grew up in Yonkers, New York and earned his BA and JD from New York University, where he was a Root Tilden scholar. He served as assistant district attorney and deputy chief of appeals in the Bronx and associate dean and professor of law at YU's Benjamin N. Cordozo School of Law. From 1989-2003, to Joel served as president and international director of Hillel, the foundation for Jewish campus life. He was part of the transformation that made Hillel a strong force for a Jewish renaissance. In 2003, Joel became president of Yeshiva University and served in that role until he stepped down in 2017. As president, he focused on the student experience, expanded the faculty, and he started the Center for the Jewish Future, among many other accomplishments. Dr. Joel considers his greatest accomplishment marrying his best friend and partner, Esther, who holds a PhD from Yeshiva's Furkauf Graduate School of Psychology. Together, they have six children, all of whom attended Yeshiva University, and 14 grandchildren, who are the greatest joy of their lives. So, President Joel, thanks so much for... Speaking with me today.
1: Nice to be with you, Uri.
0: Do I still call you president? Is it, like the, is it like the U.S. president that they're always president? Or what, what should I call you?
1: Oh, you can call me whatever you want. The academic tradition is that you you keep the name. It's like malaria. It uh-huh. doesn't go away.
0: Okay, excellent. Presidential, it is. So I have a lot of questions that I'd love to to ask you and, and discuss. But can we start by, um, could, could you give a little bit of background of where you grew up and uh, what your upbringing was like?
1: Sure. Um... I was, uh, I was born in New York and I was raised in Yonkers, New York. Mm-hmm. I was an only child of two very loving and wonderful parents um, and uh, grew up in a 1950s modern Orthodox home, mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed, uh, enjoyed life. I, I often say that I realize now that I should have been lonely mm. because I was an only child. We didn't have a large family and we weren't in... You know the the Jewish community that exists today didn't exist. It wasn't like you were in a neighborhood. Um but uh, the only time I realized I was I was lonely is one sister and I had six children and I said, Oh, it could mm. be like this. Mm-hmm. Um uh in I was a I, I was a I was a something of a goody goody. Um I guess the high points of my life were um at that point as my parents went to uh, south africa for a year when i was five years old because mm. my father was from uh, originally poland then south africa uh-huh. um and we uh, my first uh, my first day school education was in standard one in the Hertzlia school in cape town oh. um, i think they were looking to see whether or not uh, there was any um possibilities of them going back there because my father had a um kind of a thriving life there but uh, they both decided that it wasn't a healthy place to raise living creatures Uh Um, so he came back and uh and uh, it was a it was it was a wonderful unfortunate life um my dad died right after my bar mitzvah which was Mm. sad and and i guess one of the 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 you know psychologically um um, moving periods of my life. Yeah. I didn't have much of an adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have, I did keep lessons from him and from my mother, mostly about life being a gift and not uh, being pulled down and, and trying very hard to save her every day. Mm-hmm. I went to Yeshiva University High School, um, uh, was uh, active in Yeshiva University's Torah Leadership Seminars. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, and I went to NYU undergrad, got a degree in um, Metropolitan Leadership and then NYU Law School. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh remember much good fortune in my life
0: mm-hmm. well so as i said in, in your bio you worked in the district attorney's office in the bronx and you obviously went to law school at the time did you see law as being your long-term profession
1: i think i saw life being my long-term profession um uh it's very interesting i mean maybe it was a a generational thing but uh, i think the people around me knew that we'd either be uh, lawyers or doctors or educators or Mm -hmm. maybe in business Uh, and and i just saw law as a kind of noble way to help people and make a difference um and um i didn't think much beyond it i I was at nyu and there was a lot of uh, interest in uh, corporate law but i had no interest in that and i interned in the DA's office. I found it very fulfilling mm-hmm. and um, and decided to do that. By then Esther and I were married and uh, uh, we had our first child. We moved to Oceanside where I became a youth director to keep a roof above our heads. And uh, I enjoyed the DA's office very much.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I want to fast forward to your time at YU. Um, that's what most people know you from. That's what I personally know you from. You were the president when I uh, went to YU. And um, I wanted to start by asking you about some of your reflections, um, looking back. Do you have any favorite moments or experiences as president?
1: You know, there the, the really were a lot. I don't want to sound uh, silly about it, but it was a uh, it was a wondrous whirlwind of uh, of almost fifteen years mm-hmm. um, that i felt i had prepared my whole life for Mm. it was an opportunity to to try to have an imprint on a very important part of of not just jewish life but the national educational life and um, it was relentless so that's one of the downsides it was relentless it was the first time as an orthodox jew i worked 24 7. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, i think i think the 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 wonderful things were um, the team that i worked with that i that i kind of put together was mm-hmm. just inspired and wonderful, and that was much fun. Yeah. Um, I loved the students. It was the major focus of my of my presidency. I, I, I enjoyed um, playing Jed Bartlett and having town hall meetings, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was really special for me to award honorary degrees. Um, graduations were wonderful, not because of the graduation, but, bef- but before graduating, when everybody was lined up i loved kind of breaking away from the grown-ups and running up and down um, where the students were assembled making sure they knew uh, that i really was happy for them Mm -hmm. Um, and there were programs that meant a lot
0: yeah you mentioned the town halls i remember those i remember it just feeling very exciting. There There's like an energy. The room was packed with students, not just students, professors and staff right. members. And it was just very exciting.
1: I thought it was magical, and I love doing magic, and I <laughs> love doing real. Uh-huh. Um, it was really a chance. You know, in Hillel, I had the that opportunity, but diffused the, the over 150 campuses. Right. But every time I'd go to a campus, we'd do something like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, i think it look it's all it's, it's very intentional uh, community doesn't just happen you have to create venues and you have to create moments and you have to build some 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 magic some inspiration yeah. um that everybody can be a part of
0: yeah and you also referenced the west wing i know you're a big fan um so you know the u.s presidents are oftentimes known as having a doctrine—the Bush doctrine, the Obama <laughs> doctrine. I don't know if there's a Trump doctrine. I guess maybe there is. But what what was the Joel doctrine at YU?
1: Well, since Esther and I thought a long time before agreeing to to come to YU, we had to have a sense of of what we wanted to it to be. And I guess uh, the closest to it was the theme of my uh, investiture remarks, which were. Um, that the Joel Doctrine was to ennoble and enable, mm-hmm. that uh, that education, and I think Jewish life in general, maybe life in general, uh, should be about those things. But Yeshiva University, which stood for the synthesis of of, of Torah and life values and and the wisdom of a lot, of the world, um, should be about both um, ennobling, that we have a, an expression in Hebrew that our life is supposed to be about being mekadesh, a whole, mm-hmm. making the ordinary noble and um and i thought that what why you really should stand for was that we should enable students to to grow and to know and to be whatever they want to be but to do it with a sense of nobility mm-hmm. and uh um and i think i think uh, uh you know standing on the shoulders of those who went before me it was my my hope to push that along. I guess the other part of the Joel Doctrine was that that, that, um, uh, that people should feel they matter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that people should feel they matter and that the students are the primary purpose for a university.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I would have discussions with other university presidents and talk about the fact that I, I believe that education should include conveying a sense of the value of values. Mm -hmm. and i i I tend to think of that as a no-brainer but in a much more complicated society that we have today everyone is more careful about being careful right so even something like the value of values believe in something um some of my colleagues said no we can't go there that's Mm -hmm. not that's not correct we're about critical thinking Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and an accumulation of knowledge so, okay. Um, uh, interestingly, I probably had more in common with presidents of other faith-based universities yeah. uh, than I did with uh, with uh, the Ivies, but I had the privilege of being involved with all of
0: them. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, actually. I know you spoke uh, on at least a couple of panels with presidents from Christian universities. Um, a lot of Jews and people in the YU community have mixed feelings about uh, relationships and interaction with other faith-based universities, mostly I guess in America, would be Christian. Um, do you think there should be more interactions like that? I think we
1: have a responsibility to build peoplehood, and I think the Jewish people have always felt that they're supposed to be a light unto the nations. You can't do that if you're hiding in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, you know, we have we have lots of mandates from those who have taught us. Uh, the Rav always thought that there should be interaction, but not theological. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and Dr. Lamb certainly felt that we should try to have um, um, cordial relationships and try to achieve unity within the limits of our integrity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a- and I will tell you that in terms of what a curriculum of a university is, uh, the issues that inform faith-based universities are often not in vogue in other universities. Right. So I always found, interestingly, I found a very a uh, welcoming environment when I, I didn't do it a lot, but whenever mm-hmm. I, I would do it, and interestingly, they found um, Yeshiva to be um, maybe the firmest university mm. in that we don't, didn't just give a series of classes that dealt with theology or religion, but that the the Weltanschauung of the community experience was one of doing Jewish and, mm. and living Jewish.
0: Yeah, I think is, there are a lot of interesting comparisons, similarities, and and differences between why uh, and some of the Christian universities. Oh, but yeah. I, um, I, I wanted to, to go back a little bit and ask you more broadly in terms of your reflections on, on your time as president. It is a little bit of a, you know, tricky question, but is, is there anything you wish you would have done differently? Or is, are there things that you regret aside for maybe like the Madoff thing?
1: Well, I, you know... <laughs> You know, saying that you regret Madoff is like saying that you regretted a hurricane. I have nothing to do with hurricanes. Okay, we had nothing to do with made yeshiva had nothing to do with Madoff. He just he happened to be a sociopath who was on our board, who cost us money. But uh-huh. there was no uh, uh, nothing beyond that. Okay, look. Um, are, are there regrets? A university presidency has become an extremely complicated business mm-hmm. because there's a there's a level of hopefully moral leadership but you're also running a major business. Yeah. The, uh, the decade and a half that I had the privilege to lead Yeshiva was one where uh, society went through the Great Recession and the requirements of a university got more and more complex and the business model was more and more under siege. Um, uh, none of those are sources of regret. They just complicate things. Regrets, um, we had some wonderful initiatives that we launched that unfortunately, um, financial uh, turbulence mm-hmm. uh, forced me to uh, to curtail. I had a wonderful uh, presidential fellows program. Yeah, I was I was in it, always, which which should have always continued, and it was really wonderful. But when we had to do some major trimming of our uh, of our expenses, I couldn't see trimming other things without the uh, without uh, trimming the fellows, which was my baby, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I thought it was very important. But it wasn't. You know, absolutely core. Yeah. Um, we had a conference every year for for ten years called Champions Gate, right. which brought leaders from around the world together. And I thought that was wonderful, but that was also mm. a little surplus. I guess the biggest regret—I'll I'll give you two. Okay. Uh, one one really big regret was because of the time of constriction, mm-hmm. we had to decrease um some of the the um the pension benefits Mm -hmm. uh which had been very generous and they uh, we had to decrease them and that really hurt the faculty and that was uh and all the employees yeah Uh, i hated doing that that was the last the last thing we could do and and that's a regret i don't know what else i could have done Mm -hmm. uh the other regret is i think had i were i to do it again there are certain ways i would have been stronger um, I felt very strongly that uh, I had to uh, really uh, respect the board of trustees, who were wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think the board of trustees also expected me to lead. And there were certain times when I should have just stood up and said, "No, this is really, really what I believe, and I want to do this." And. Uh, couple of occasions i i i didn't do that
0: mm-hmm. are you and able to I give don't... an example of when that oh, was oh no, no oh okay oh, no. <laughs> um, but uh, uh
1: but but those were things and, and yeah. the other lesson that we can all learn mm-hmm. is i think when it comes to financial management
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can't you can't say three strikes and you're out you kind of have to say one strike and you're out mm mm-hmm. In other words, I, I, I'm the kind of guy who always wants to give someone a second chance if there's been a mistake and if they, uh, you know, if there was a um, a foul up, mm-hmm. um, uh, and um, and that's you can't afford to do that in the area of financial yeah uh, controls. Um uh, But I think we we ran we ran a wonderful ship. I mean, if you ask me if I made mistakes, probably every day. <laughs> Right, but mm-hmm. like probably every day. Yeah. But did, did we did we act with integrity and with the best of intentions? And did we weather? I mean, it's like God saved up several different crises mm-hmm. uh, that he wanted to hand mm-hmm. to my administration. I think we did them as best as could be done. And I, I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm okay. That's changing gears a little bit. Um, sure. There were there were rumors for for years um about the men's and women's colleges merging people talked about fdu and t as a campus and other things was that ever a real possibility
1: well i can't speak to ever i can speak of in my time okay. when we had to when we got into the great recession and we had to consider how we could pop, uh, possibly survive it like most universities had to um everything was on the table and um uh and there were those in the university who thought that one of the things we should do is, is divest ourselves of a campus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I have to say that I always believed that having, um, two campuses was, uh, critical to who we were, mm-hmm. even as I was the president who tremendously enhanced extracurricular activities that right. were co-ed. Right. But I felt there was something unique and special. And I thought we would be much worse off if we had, uh, a, you know, a, a combined campus. And fortunately, as we looked at the facts, I mean, I, I, I imagine had I had I desperately wanted to do it, I could have gotten support for it. But I thought it would have destroyed yeshiva, mm. even even in terms of the number of students um, who would attend. Right. I mean, there are a lot of women who attend because it's a women's school, right. There are a lot of guys who attend because it's still a yeshiva and you have to keep it a yeshiva. Um, so, uh, and I, I thought, you know, the world has Brandeis. It didn't need Brandeis on steroids.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, on a little bit of a lighter note, uh, I know that you love music. I know you have a very good voice. You, you sing, um, and you also, some people might know, you are an amazing accordion player. I myself have heard you play amazing accordion.
1: Isn't, amazing is not the adjective
0: well, i use. I do think you're good. Maybe it's because I haven't heard that many accordion players. So I don't know who to compare <laughs> you to, um, but I I thought you were pretty good. Um, so I want to ask you, what kind of music do you like in general?
1: Oh, I'm an old-timer for that. First of all, I have to put in a plug. I, I, I like the Maccabees. The yeah, best. well, I want,
0: I'm getting to that next. <laughs>
1: but okay, so I'll leave that alone. Okay.
0: Um, uh,
1: you know, I, I, I'm I now a mature adult, so I have to go back and say that uh, there will never be another Peter, Paul, and Mary mm or or simon and garfunkel Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or um or folk Folk the the folk era Uh was was really wonderful i also love show tunes Mm -hmm. um uh, in addition to jewish music and the like um i i think that's uh and i like popular music i Mm -hmm. think you'll forgive me i loved frank sinatra
0: okay i forgive you So that's where it is. (laughs) Okay, well, yeah, speaking of the Maccabees, I know you were very instrumental in the creation of the Maccabees and you gave them a lot of support in the beginning. You sang on their first album. You were also in their first video, which I filmed, and you had a cameo in that. Um, So I know you are very supportive of them. Why do you think there aren't more creative projects like that coming out of YU?
1: Well, I uh... You know you're 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 making assumptions in your question uh, first of all i was I was delighted to to help with the Maccabees when I was running Hillel uh, one of the major things we did that uh, caught on is that we popularized the Jewish a cappella groups on on uh, college campuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were acapella groups, but to have Jewish acapella groups was something that uh, maybe existed in a couple of campuses, but we really popularized that. So at Yeshiva, I really thought I was not responsible for it, but when it was coming along and I saw them, I thought this was the thing to be in You supported them, yeah. Uh, I was thrilled when my son became a part right. of it. <laughs> ad, ad hayom hazeh, until this day. Um, so I'm going to take a little bit of issue with you as to, mm-hmm. as to I mean, not being more creative mm-hmm. enterprises. First of all, remember that yeshiva is uh, one of the heaviest burdened um, academic enterprises there is, right? Uh, When I went to college, I went, I think, 16 hours a week. Uh, A lot of these kids go 16 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's something. The other thing I wanna say is there are lots of involvements of students at yeshiva in areas that don't always exist at other colleges. Many of them are involved in creative leadership of youth groups Mm -hmm. and youth programs and outreach programs um i also have seen that many of them were capable of tremendously creative work within their disciplines whether it was in the sciences and doing there were as you know self-generated by students many different groups that started that were tutoring students in inner city schools right that were that were doing um science uh, programs uh in in the schools that were doing um uh, musical programs in the school. so there was lots of that. The other thing is, I think, I think my my uh, emphasis uh, was on on was on leadership and on urging people to make a difference with their lives. So I think when we had the Center for the Jewish Future, there were a huge number of programs, whether they were service learning programs or programs in Israel or um, or other internal leadership programs, where the emphasis was. We're going to support you in going out and honing your own leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We had a radio station. We had, uh, and I was very supportive of a a dramatic society. right? Um, And um, so so I'm just not sure that I agree with you.
0: Yeah, I think those are all very good and fair points. Um, And I myself uh, tried to uh, be as creative as I could be when I was at YU. And I think there were outlets for that. I guess what I was kind of getting at was, it's more like in the Jewish or modern Orthodox community more broadly. There are there are certain pressures on like going into certain professions and obviously because of the dual cur- curriculum at YU, there isn't a lot of free time. And so you, you were very encouraging of the Maccabees. I mean, that was over 10 years ago that they started and there hasn't. And there there were the Y studs and there were other groups. But like, I, I guess what I was getting at was like, maybe there could be more encouragement, more help specifically at YU for things like that.
1: Always. I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think we always should do it more. I uh, uh, I hope my successor is doing more of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I, I I think those are great things. I also think, remember, that we should always be advocating for more um, expression, for more artistic expression, for more creativity, because there was a strain in Jewish life um, that, that I didn't agree with, which is to say that somehow the arts are bad. Mm-hmm. Right. and 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 those creativity is bad well you know if you have no boundaries creativity is bad mm-hmm. you could say a lot of what uh, plagues the world now is is that uh, the the dignity of the individual doing whatever he or she wants with no bounds mm-hmm. right creates a, a corruption in our culture but i think that's not the case in terms of creativity in fact the great uh, the great uh, creative architect in the torah Betzalel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Right, his his name means "but El ale" in the in the in the shadow of God.
0: Right, Betzalel Ben Uri. Ah, very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. As speaking of again of music, it's funny. I got a text this summer. Um, somebody who actually lives in Israel was looking at your Wikipedia page. I'm not exactly sure why, and it said <laughs> on your Wikipedia page that you are cousins with Billy Joel. It's it's not there anymore on Wikipedia, but it said that. And he first asked me cousin. if it's true. I said I don't think so, but maybe we can dispel that myth here.
1: It says I was first cousins. First cousin has been on the Wikipedia page about a dozen times. It's been removed about a dozen uh-huh. times, um, and everybody asks Billy the same question. <laughs> right, I'm sure. Um, but no, we are not. Not related. Okay, uh-huh. I'm just curious. Go figure. I mean, people can do that's that's the 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 wonderful challenge of Wikipedia, right? Right. So you can you have to believe it at your at your
0: peril. Right. Right. Well, um, I, I read uh, a couple of years ago, actually, when you, the commentator, the YU newspaper, did an interview with you about your life post presidency. And one of the things you said was that you're working on a book. Um, <laughs> how's that going? It's like the great American novel. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, the truth is, it was it was uh, uh, post presidency. There were um, it was necessary to be able to 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 gain a little perspective to see. See life in the rearview mirror. I think that took a little time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I uh, um, we did some things that we were waiting to do. I mean, I, you have to when you leave the presidency, you feel like an anvil comes off your yeah. your shoulders. And then, um, as you can imagine, there's also a uh, an adjustment uh, to uh, anytime someone's in a serious leadership position, mm-hmm. it kind of envelops your life. So there was some stepping back. Uh, when we got our perspective and people would say, uh, you know, do you miss it? Mm-hmm. So I would always answer, um, Esther and I would do this again in a minute. Yeah. We just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And so you have to get used to. And the other thing is I always believed that you never look back or you don't leave a job. You go to something. Mm-hmm. What's next? Right? What's next? Mm-hmm. And and if this is more of a challenge because the next isn't an organized job. It's a time to say, how do you how do you make life work? So yes, I have. In fact, it's funny you should mention it. I have a. This is my my oh, book wow. folder. Uh huh. This is my book folder. I've taken hundreds of pages of notes. It's been kind of challenging for me. The a few of the people at YU who asked me to do this and who said that they wanted to do it for YU Press said that they wanted to know my they wanted me to express my philosophy. Uh huh so so i suggest that i could probably do that in a comic book um <laughs> but so so they're they're still they're being very patient mm-hmm. i'm now at the point where i'm writing a series of essays because i think that's mm. probably um uh-huh. the best way to go i'm a little um uh, uh, you know um what's the right word i'm embarrassed to write it mm. um but uh, but my children want it and my mm-hmm. wife wants it so there'll be something.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of other people would would love include myself would would love to read that also. So uh, good luck with the, writing the rest of it. I look forward to reading it. So please God. And so you're still teaching a course uh, at YU, right? Is it at Sim's two courses?
1: I'm teaching two courses. I'm teaching a course in Wurzweiler in the social work school on Jewish social philosophy, mm. which is really something that I'm really enjoying, and I love my course my courses in leadership which Mm -hmm. i teach it's open to both yeshiva and sims but it's primarily SIM students Mm -hmm. it's in the management department Uh, this semester i'm teaching it uh, one for the women and one for the men um and um you know it's an evolving course but i i i love it it's a it's a great opportunity for me to to talk about uh the value of life even in the leadership course mm-hmm. uh you know the, the, the great definition of leadership is that a leader takes responsibility mm-hmm. so 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 that's that's that that means a lot you know jonathan Sachs may rest in peace mm-hmm. uh, famously said that the lesson of of leadership is that we are free we are responsible and together we can fix the world yeah. So to be able to spend the course talking about how both from a torah perspective and from a management perspective leadership means how can you matter in a way that will impact um in, in the best ways
0: mm-hmm. and i'm
1: very taken with the fact that we need to have a community of people who just who just want to make it better
0: yeah and do you think leadership is something that can really be taught in a class how do you, what's your approach to that
1: you know um w- when i became president uh, einstein college of medicine had a symposium in my honor on genetics mm-hmm. and the dean mm-hmm. of the medical school at that time uh, a wonderful neuroscientist named the dom Perperer, wrote on the on the presentation they gave me he in- inscribed it mm-hmm. and he said genes are not destiny they tell us how we came to be not what we can become mm. and i think that's a real important point there is no question you know, if you're if, if if you're six feet tall and have a deep, resonant, loud loud voice, um, if you if you are 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 blessed with uh, an analytical mind, you certainly have more of the propensity to be able to use those skills to hone uh, to hone yourself into leadership. I think anybody um, uh, can certainly grow in leadership, regardless of um of of their skills i mean it's nice to be tall but napoleon did okay Mm -hmm. yeah um i i think i think the more one thinks about leadership the more sensitive one will be to use their own skills that way i also think it's very important to realize that leadership doesn't mean being the president of the university Mm -hmm. or a ceo Uh right it means how do you hold yourself vis-a-vis others and to what degree can you be a dogma can you be an example
0: yeah Well, I want to close by asking you a little bit of a heavy question, and I'm not sure if you have a good answer to it, but in your time as president of YU and now post-presidency, how have you seen the Jewish community change over the last, let's say, 25 years? And where do you think things are going in terms of YU, in terms of the community?
1: I think YU um, is is doing really well, and I think YU will be, um, a force always because it must be. Mm-hmm. It represents, I mean, Jonathan Sachs, uh, since I was quoting him, yeah. would always describe why he was the most important Jewish institution in the diaspora. Right, And it is.
0: Mm-hmm. It is.
1: Because, you know, I, I took two major jobs in my life. One running campus life for the 90% of the Jews who were not Orthodox.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one dealing with this little 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 group and i did it because i thought that the, the majority group is wonderful and to the degree that they could connect with their jewishness and their values would be great but that there was a need for uh, an intense and intensive um a core that would look outward that would kind of keep the the, the, the ss jewish uh mm-hmm. with the rudder pointing in the right direction mm-hmm. um i think yeshiva look universities change in many ways uh, yeshiva has learned that it can do very well in a in a pandemic, but I would tell you long term, you can't have a virtual yeshiva university. There has mm-hmm. to be community. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you if you uh, look at the Jewish world writ large, so look, there've been lots of challenges, and they and they mirror the larger world. Mm-hmm. The extremes are always very attractive, mm-hmm. and they are always pulling outward. We see that now. I mean, we don't have to look far in the news today yeah. um to know about that. But in Jewish life too. Um, the the uh the opportunities that we've had in the United States have been such that we could really try to be whatever we wanted to be. Uh from the 60s there was a tremendous resurgence of modern orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. And then of course the 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 explosion in the Haredi world, but in modern Orthodoxy and and in the other movements as well, I think. Um, Partly the assimilation that was natural when you were not Orthodox um, has led to a devastating reality of of ignorance, um, intermarriage. Um, Intermarriage is a symptom. It's not the problem. The Mm -hmm. problem is is ignorance and people never having really known their Jewishness, Mm -hmm. never having experienced it, never having celebrated it. And, and, and that's still taking its toll. Um, also, it's been a time of kind of anti-institutionalism right. when uh, many more little boutiques or niche Judaisms would, would come up. And in point of fact, a lot of good has come from that. Hmm. Um, so what do I think? I think that we always continue to have a, a job to do, acting in partnership with God and other people of goodwill to make the world better, to perfect the world. I think that'll continue. I think the, um, I, I worry about um, the financial burdens of success
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, causing a narrowing of uh, creativity mm-hmm. and uh, people thinking they can go into all kinds of careers. But I have to tell you, when I was growing up, it was to be successful, you had to be a lawyer or a doctor. Now it's to be successful, you have to be in investments or in real estate. Uh-huh. Um, that's why it's so important for your homes and our communities and our university to make sure that it's not just about knowledge it's about wisdom and the wisdom comes from values and we haven't said this in this discussion Mm -hmm. um but it all comes to whether or not we believe we're created in the image of god and if we are that means it has to be a god Mm so um it's anti in it it it, it's counterintuitive to live a life of 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 freedom within discipline Mm -hmm, right right? which is why modern orthodoxy will never be the mass movement Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's all about nuance it's all about context It was the major lesson of dr lamb's um uh, intellectual activity Mm -hmm. that this is all about the beauty of color not black and white Mm -hmm. and so so i think the jewish world will keep going i think uh Uh, I think people have to keep reminding us to remember who we are.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we'll, we can leave it at that. President Joel, I really appreciate speaking with you and and seeing you. And uh, thank you for, for doing this interview.
1: It's a great pleasure to be with you, Ari.
0: Thank you again to President Joel, and thanks to all of you for listening. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback, and maybe the questions that I should have asked him, or if you just want to vent about your time at YU, our email is talkingtachlesspodcast at gmail.com, or on Facebook, Talking Podcast. Thanks as always to Drive-In Productions, they are the sponsor of this week's episode, and thank you to Triple Threat Trio featuring Rage Brigade, they are the official band of Talking TaChless. Sei gesund! Fine.